This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Hmm? Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Kirk. And this is Moon Knight Cast Episode 4. The Tomb. <laughs> yeah, The Tomb. And uh, sorry we're a little bit late this week. Life happened, but I'm glad to be here podcasting about this episode. Really interesting one this week. Before we get into it, I want to mention a couple of things. Um, Kirk just showed me that he, you know, Kirk's been talking about doing tribute posters for the episodes what that means is it's a poster that just pays tribute to the specific events that happen in in the episode in question so i've got number one right here in front of me on my computer it's moon knight half moon knight half mark specter holding gus in his hand in a glass (laughs) gus the fish (laughs) the fish the fish (laughs) it's really cool and it's comic book style uh, old Marvel comic style looks awesome. Yeah, well, it finally took me a while to get going, but now I've, I kind of figured out how I'm going to do these, and so now I'll start cranking them out. It's great. It's got the Egyptian hieroglyphs and everything. So I will post that on facebook.com slash podcastica with a link to where you can find it if you want to get one for yourself. Yeah, <clears throat> sounds good. I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, it's really cool. I also wanted to mention um, our, one of my friends and our listeners, Eric, he sent me... A, the Moon Knight trade paperback compiling the series by Jeff oh my Lemire. Gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah, really cool. And it's That's it's got awesome. beautiful art. And thank yeah, you, Eric, for saying awesome. that to me. And uh, I forgot the artist's name, but it's great. And um it I started reading it. I read like the first couple issues and I won't spoil anything except one thing I'll say is it starts off in a mental asylum like we're seeing now on the show. Ah. And I I had read that before I saw this week's episode and I thought, oh, I guess the show just skipped over that part. But um, now that I see it's in there, I don't want to read any more of the trade paperback because I'm afraid <laughs> it's going to spoil what's going on. Well, I think know? I think it's smart that they, they 
waited to do this because yeah, the, you know, the comic book did it, but the comic book was already been, had been out for years and years and years. So the you couple know, the, years anyway, yeah. The the Moon Knight character had been established before they started digging into this kind of crazy psych stuff. Yeah. You know, I think it would have been weird if the show had opened up with that. <laughs> no, it was great because it, the idea is to throw us off balance and make us question right. what we're seeing. And right. this episode really took a left turn, which I which I kind of loved. Uh, but there are a couple things in the comic that I thought were kind of interesting. Um, Khonshu tells Mark that the other void where the Egyptian gods lives is outside of space and time. So I guess like another dimension. And he says that. Egyptian gods used to be able to come to earth and that's why they became known as gods to the ancient Egyptians, but they've been right. trapped in this other dimension for thousands of years and only can take hosts slash avatars in our world now. Right. So Do, is it, did you get any, was there any explanation for why or that happened? I mean, not in the first couple issues. And like no. I said, I, th- I think I'm just going to stop reading it until the show's over. So I don't spoil something. Smart. We got two more weeks left. Yeah, I know, right? Okay, let's get Going into fast. this week's, I know, episode Moon Knight, season one, episode four, The Tomb. So what what did you think of this week's episode? I loved Just- it. I, I, I loved it. I thought it was great because it was like a suspenseful horror and psychological thriller all wrapped up into one. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, uh, it didn't kind of fit a traditional um, Marvel series type thing. You know, it was really kind of different. I liked that. Um, I, I will say that, that it sucks in my opinion, not having any Kanchu. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> I dig, I, I dig that guy now, you know? Right. And, uh, <laughs> so that, that bummed, but, uh, I think, uh, I think he's going to have something to do with the, the whole asylum and story. I think he's, I think he's there in the, in the episode. I just don't think we see hmm. him. Um, also I thought it was interesting that Stephen Mark's attire throughout the episode is all white. So even though he's not, and it's flowy, kind of like Kanchu's. So even though he's not there, it was kind of symbolic of Moon Knight and Kanchu mm-hmm. and and uh, that that whole thing. The aesthetic of Moon Knight. Yeah, yeah, the aesthetic. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, well, the first, it was almost like the same as last week's episode. I, I watched it when I was too tired and I wasn't really focusing in on the little details. And I was kind of bored with the first part. I, yeah. I thought, uh, this seems like... Indiana Jones, but it's kind of slow and the, the romance part was kind of fun, but right. as far as just going into the tomb, I wasn't that into it. But then when it shifted to the asylum, I totally woke up like, Oh, okay. This is cool. <laughs> What's going on here. And then today, or, you know, when I started watching it more, closely, the asylum was very, re, uh, um, allegiant, no, allegiance, uh, no, legion, what, legion. Uh, yeah. Very, very legion. Very so I much that more got you excited. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you uh, listeners, if you like this, sort of not knowing what's real or not you should go watch legion because yeah. it's like this times Green. 10 I, I would say <laughs> yeah it made me feel schizophrenic watching that show yep. but um but then when i went back and watched it more carefully and started digging into the details i actually enjoyed the first part a lot more too and like you said it felt kind of like a horror movie and there was definitely some really creepy parts in there so yeah. i ended up liking the whole episode quite a lot good yeah. good excellent all right let's get into our points um, all right. I'm going to start off. I'm going to throw a little curveball here. Just like the show. Yeah, there we go. I'm actually not Kirk. I'm Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
when I got a little bit, I had an accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh my days! I sound like some fucking wacky do leprechaun. Um, <laughs> all right, I'm leprechaun. gonna start. <laughs> I'm gonna start out. This is from uh, this character's bio uh, on the Marvel website. Doctor Abdul Faul Faul is an Egyptian nationalist who, by using the ruby scarab, a sacred talisman and ancient magical artifact, transforms himself into the Scarlet Scarab, a being of godlike power that enables him to fight attackers. During World War II, Faul leads the Sons of the Scarab against Nazi enemies. The artifact gives him superhuman strength, multiplying his strength a thousandfold, and turns his bodily energies into bolts of mystical energy, which he can fire at and disable his opponents. He can also use this energy to create a protective aura around himself that prevents bodily harm, providing a form of invincibility, and allows him to fly. During World War II, Faul joined forces with the invaders, which included Union Jack, Bucky Barnes, Steve Rogers, Spitfire, Toro, Human Torch, and Namor the Submariner. Faul's son, Mamet, takes his father's alias and duties as protector of Egypt, becoming the modern-day Scarlet Scarab. Now, I think there's an awful lot of symbolism going on that Layla is possibly taking the role of the son of Faul. Faul is her father's last name, right? Yeah, uh, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, and um, I'm 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 thinking there's some sort of connection there with plus the scarab that that we've got going. You know, she she um, she's got this kind of action superhero quality to her already, um, mm-hmm. as we've seen. Uh, I thought that she fires up the, um, the flare. Mm-hmm. Uh, she does two flares. Once when she's fighting the the guys in the vehicle on the desert in the opening sequence oh, yeah. and then once inside the cave and, and it's all and it's red broad oh, it's bright red and yeah. illuminates everything in this scarlet crimson kind of color hmm. um he shoved she, it in that she proceeds to take out the truck and she ru- yeah she's exactly and um you know even steven like when he fu- he wakes up after she's like blown up the truck and beat off these guys she's like he's like what the fuck <laughs> he's like how, how did you do that you know what i mean yeah, I guess I was kind of thinking that too. Like, wow, she's really good in a fight. And then she's she fights off that zombie priest. He sucks her into the background, right. which is great. And that but then, was amazing. Then they come back out and then suck back in and right. then back out again as if like, nah, I'm not I'm not going out like that. You know what I mean? Right. And then like um, if it was a horror movie that you'd never see that girl again. Right, exactly. <laughs> and uh Harlow uh Har- Harrow uh tells her about the crimson scarf that with the scarabs on it that her father wore when he died. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of little... Uh, so I think it's possible that her father was the original Scarlet Scarab um, and uh, that the mantle is going to be passed down to her. Um, I, it was really a standout episode for for her character, I thought. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I really think about three quarters of it was about her development. I love that. Um, she's really strong. She's smart, um, capable character in her own right. Um, yeah. I love that she crawls back up from the edge of the cliff there after tossing the zombie over and rolls over and then screams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was very real and honest, you know, but no, I just, I really, um, I, I thought it was great to, to finally get a good, strong female character. This show has been kind of very one dimensional in terms of gender. So it was, it was good to, to have her start to have some more importance and relevance and play a bigger role. So, Yeah. Yeah, so you think she's going to turn into a, a superhero? Well, I think they're playing they're playing with that a lot. I don't know if it's going to happen in this right. series or a second season or in a movie or in some other show, but it definitely seems like they're 
And maybe they're just right, teasing. Nodding to you know, it, maybe kind they're of. just yeah, maybe they're just trying to nod to it right. exactly. Either way, I but agree I, with I you. I think she's a she's a good character. I enjoy watching her on yeah. screen. Cool, I like it. Okay, I'm gonna just go straight to the heart the the part I love the best. <laughs> of course you of course <laughs> you I are. Like to do. <laughs> I mean, I think of this as like we're, you know, back when you used to actually go into the office. See, I, when I would I would always eat the stuff I didn't like and save the stuff I liked to have last. Yeah, that's interesting. I think you were I think you're the opposite. <laughs> no. Actually, I when I um I I try to tell I I'm not quite either one of those. What I do is nobody's going to care, but I eat a little bit of everything. It's kind of OCD. Like I don't want to finish any one thing first, you know. <laughs> I eat a little corn, a little mashed potato, a right, little chicken. Right. Yeah, but right. I do try to save at least one bite of the thing I like the best for the very last. My son, he does what you're accusing me of right now. He just eats the thing he likes the best and then he has to yeah. suffer through the vegetables at the end. <laughs> but this is all good, but the way I think of, of these shows is if you showed up the next day at work, back when we like I started to say all used to work at the office, what would you right. first be talking about? You know, sure, dude, sure. they went into a yeah. mental asylum. What the hell happened? You know, <laughs> so um, Harrow shoots Mark in the chest twice. He falls right. back into this pool of water, eyes closed, seems to die, and then floats into darkness and wakes up in an, in a mental hospital. And um, I I I think it's really fun. I I I'm glad they did this. I wasn't expecting it. I thought we were already we were all done with the kind of mind fucky stuff and we're just onto the superhero stuff. Right. So it's cool that that and and at first we were kind of wondering if Stephen Grant was just imagining everything, but because Harrow was kind of on the bus and around it didn't seem like it at all. But now we really do get to wonder if the whole thing was just in his head, you know. I mean, I don't think it is even now, but it could be. <laughs> well, uh, uh, go ahead. I, I've got a whole. Uh, I'm uh, sure uh, you have a uh, lot this to section say about for this it. too. But yeah. I'll, I'll follow it. I'll follow it after yours uh, rather than it was going to be my number four. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. I saved the things I like most <laughs> to the lab. <laughs> like an adult. Um, uh, and and I go think ahead. it's interesting that because if this wasn't an asylum and he's insane and dreaming all of this, that he dreamed up a story where he has multiple personalities one of whom doesn't know what's happening to him. That's quite a story to come up with in your mm. head about a fantasy that you're having. But um, the doctor, I it, did we get his name? Was there a name tag that he was Dr. Harrow? I don't, Ethan I didn't Hawk. catch that, but it was, I mean, I think it was obvious. I mean, it's I mean, it Yeah, but I'll just yeah, call him, him the doctor. So he says, Mark, we don't live in a material world. We live in a psychic right. world, right? And we're yes, only able exactly. to make indirect inferences about the nature of reality. Like take, for example, this pen to me, this is a writing utensil to my dog. It's a chew toy. Both are accurate. It's a question of context and perspective, which is more like mind fucky talk, which I love, but it's suggesting that, <laughs> that Steven is taking all these mundane objects and people and reimagining them in this great hallucinatory adventure. And, um, if you take it at face value, which I absolutely don't think we can, He's a patient in a mental asylum who's been making up this fantasy world based on the people and things he's seen in his day-to-day life in the assignment. And, right. and another thing that sort of indicates that, even though I don't think that's the truth, when when he and Layla first get down into the tomb, he's saying, I have to say, I feel like I've been waiting for this my whole life, the adventure. So it, it almost corroborates that, that he's just been dying 
or you know wanting some adventure and he's stuck so he's right. just making it all up but uh well that's that's, that's a good point I hadn't seen that and caught that hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Most of the rest of what I have in this point is just pointing out all the different things in the asylum and what they're counterparts are in what we thought was the real world but i don't want right. to go into that until you why don't you go ahead and say what you were gonna I've say i've got about some this. of that in mind too. Yeah, that's okay go ahead well um i mean i'm guessing rather than him being in an asylum now and potentially you know dreaming this or imagining all of this that we're watching i think he was at in a mental institution at one point in one time um, given that he's been dealing with this disorder all his life, mm -hmm. um, so um, do mental. But I, I don't. I'm not sure. See, one thing that just another. Well, many things. But one thing that makes me think that this isn't real is we don't have insane asylums anymore. Do we still have mental hospitals of one kind or another? Yeah, but I, I think he's know. been dealing with this his whole life. Right. I so, think you know, yeah. and I think you know that that's why we're getting things like the child's toy of the. Uh, of Moon Knight, you know what I mean? This symbolic oh, okay. of his childhood, yep. you know what I mean? So he's been dealing with, with Conchu and with his duality and his multi-personalities since he was, since he was a kid. So, hmm. um, th at least that's, that's what I got from that. Right. Um, the episode's titled the tomb I thought is interesting too, in, mm -hmm. re in re regards to this, because the hospital is a bit like a tomb since it has in it the sarcophaguses of his personalities um, which we find Stephen, and then the red one that I'll talk to in a minute. Um, Jake, it's also kind of symbolic of his broken mind. Um, yeah. So the tomb is trapped kind in of, his own mind, maybe. Right, exactly. And he's kind of in the tomb of his mind in this in, in this scene or this episode. Um, I think that this episode actually relates to, or there's tie-ins to different parts of the episode, like the the opening. The opening shot is upside down. And spins around, disorienting, and, and everything has been turned upside down. Um, mm -hmm. the, the camera is showing us Cyrus. Cyrus, I think? Cyrus? Cyrus? He's one um, of the avatars of the... Yeah, one of the main gods, avatars. Yeah. He's upside down at the opening shot, and it's like black. And I I see that as symbolic of him being, you know, in kind of like the god realm or wherever mm. they are. And then as the camera spins around, we get more warm light and then we see the 10 stone statues of the prison gods like Kanshu. And that's new, right? We didn't realize that that seems to suggest that more Egyptian gods are trapped. Uh, I think that's the implication. I mean, they're exactly the same kind of statues. Right. And we know that they made reference to the other fact that the other gods are there. And we had seen, I don't know if this is right or not, but we'd seen Stephen leafing through his Egyptian mythology books. And there was a page about a rift between 
God and man, and we've heard about right. avatars betraying God, so it suggests maybe sometime in history. Yeah, maybe some sort of like a civil war type between yeah, the, two, right. the gods, you know. Um, but the the flipping of the camera in my in, in how I took that was is we're going from the God realm to the human realm to our reality mm. from their reality, and their reality is more of a you know they possess our minds, so it's more of a psychic one, um, and then. In contrast, when he's shot and he falls into the water, which is a bit like a baptism and a resurrection symbol, you know, um, he spins in the water in the opposite direction and you see the bright, warm light above and everything, and he spins into a blackness. So in my, how I viewed that was, and as if the key, the opening scene was kind of a key to let us know that, Mm. um, we're not seeing something that's necessarily taking place in his mind, but we're going from the the world of reality to the world of the psychic. And, and then that's, you know, that's when we wake up in this um, asylum. So okay. I, I do think it's happening in his mind, but I don't think it's happening. Um, I don't think it, the, the reality we're, we're seeing is his imagination. I think he's being communicated to in his psychically. Know what I'm saying? Kind of. I mean, it sounds like you're saying there's a psychic realm where the Egyptian gods can either reside or have a presence, and that's where he's at now. Something like that, right? In other words, they can't, especially not the ones in the stone. They can't even take an avatar, so they can't communicate. But they can communicate in the psychic realm, especially with him because he's so fucking fucked up. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the plane of whatever separates like their realm and ours is thinner for him or something like that. Right. So, so Haro says, as you pointed out, we don't live in a material world. We live in a psychic world. I think mm -hmm. when, when he says that to him before he shoot it or, or when he says it to him, um, doesn't he say that? Does he say that in the, he says it as the doctor. Right. But he didn't say it anywhere else. Right. I don't think so. Okay. So in my, see, I think what's happening is, is that the 10, 10 Egyptian gods that are imprisoned. So I think he's, they're trying to talk to him through, through his mind, like subconscious dream speak, symbolic, mm -hmm. metaphorical rather than literal. So, you know, like when, when, when he says we don't live in a material world, we live in a psychic world. That's actually the, I don't know which God or if it's Kanshu or if it's this hippo God or if it's any of the gods that are frozen but I think they're talking to him directly that in that situation. That's they're trying to tell him. They're trying to let him know, this is how we communicate with you. We we use your own memories, your own personality mm. traits, your own history, your own images, and we use it as like dream language to talk to speak with you. Um, that's how I took the whole scene. You know, mm. um, did you notice that the the doctor's office? I saw this on Instagram. Someone put a picture up of the of the two shots in the first in the first episode or the second episode. Second episode, when we meet Layla, they're being chased through the museum, and they run into this room that has all this Egyptian artifacts in it, and it has this huge, big glass window that looks out, and has a huge stone fireplace on the right side, and has sarcophaguses and all sorts of stuff like that. His office in this sequence is exactly the same, only it's all painted white. And some of the stuff has been cleared out. So again, to me, it was like, you know, this is dream speak that the, the gods are using to try and communicate with him. Hmm. That, that's how I took it. 
So why don't they communicate more directly then? Why is it so mysterious? And well, be, I mean, I, you could, I, I don't know, but you I mean, you could say the same thing. Why do we dream using symbols instead of, you know, having straight, straight up more straightforward. Yeah. More straightforward communication. Interesting. I mean, I think there's probably, I mean, who knows? We don't know what this is and I'm okay. I think it's fun not to really know. I mean, I want like to know by the end of the series, but um, yeah, of course, <laughs> but yeah, it's fun to speculate. I mean, for me, I, I thought probably what's going on is that there's some malevolent force, maybe Emmett that's trying to disguise reality from Steven slash Mark to keep him occupied and off the table. So it's all just a, a, an illusion that they're using to keep him, you know, from being able to come back and help. But then again, I mean, the part of that, that I'm not sure about is he died. So, or he got shot anyway. So, um, I think it was Ryan Airy who suggested maybe this whole thing is some kind of a trial that he has to pass in order to be reborn back into the world or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> well, I think, uh, no, I think you've, you, there's a number of great questions. Those are a couple of them. Um, mm. You know, is Mark even killable? You know, if he's been resurrected, yeah. you know, uh, by Khonshu from already being dead once, is, you know, is this now, is it kind of impossible to kill him? Um, I don't know. We're going to have to find out, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I think the line where Harrow says, I can't help you if you don't, if you can't help yourself. He says that twice, I think, through the, in the episode. Once after he shot him, right? Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think, I suspect that the, these gods that are in the, in the, you know, for instance, well, how do I phrase this? I think there's good gods and bad gods. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I too. think that, I think the gods that are trying to communicate with him now, um, the god who, uh, whose avatar came up and gave him help, uh, in the tomb or earlier in the uh, previous episodes, um, you know, this hippo God we're going to meet, um, they're more the good gods. And I think they're trying to help him Mark with his psychosis, with his, uh, illness, mm -hmm. with his duality, his, his, um, you know, his, his fractured psyche so that, that he can help them, mm -hmm. you know, accomplish what, what it is they're trying to do. So, um, I thought that line of, you know, I, I can't help you if you can't help yourself was important. Mm -hmm. You know, the gods can do things for you. Kanchu can give you powers and everything else. But if you don't figure out your split up personality and get your shit together, it doesn't matter what we give you or what we do for you. You're not going to, you're not going to succeed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean? That kind of feels somewhat aligned with what I was saying that this is all somehow some sort of a trial that he needs to pass through. Right. And then the hippo god is Tauret. And uh, mythologically, um, I guess she's pretty close associated with uh, fertility and childbirth, uh, seen as a protective force. Um, she would also cleanse the dead and help guide souls through the dangerous mountains of the underworld. Um, so, I, you know, maybe this is a, another rebirth. Maybe, mm -hmm. again, she's trying to, you know, they're trying to patch him up and get him back out <laughs> to the real world. Well, how about I would like to go through and just yeah, point out. I've got those. I've got those too. But you you go through okay. and if you miss any, I'll, point I'll add to it. So okay. the whole cheesy '80s looking Indiana Jones slash 
adventure serial video. That was so abrupt. Tomb Busters. Yeah. I thought, I thought, I didn't know what the hell I was watching <laughs> when that came on. I was like, is, is, right. did they like, uh, like did, cut the budget for this section? I was, what was going on? I don't know what the hell was going on. And it turns out it's just the people in the mental asylum watching the video because yeah. Mark always wants to watch the same damn video. Um, right. But it's Dr. Stephen Grant and it's, you know, he, it could totally be inspiration for all Steven's adventures that he's had so far. This globe trotting adventure with artifacts and mercenaries and, um, plot deals with the lunar God apparently. Yeah. And, uh, did you notice in that sequence, the statue? Well, it's actually just a headshot, a head statue of the lunar God. He goes over it and points out to the kid. Did you, that's yeah. kind of what the whole scene is about. There's yeah. one, one or two frames where you see that statue, you're seeing it from kind of the one profile and it's, and then there's clearly multiple profiles in the statue, kind of like the shot in the credits of, of Moon Knight. And, but then there's one shot just before it cuts that shows it straight on. And I swear to God, the face in the middle of the accordion of, of faces or whatever is Mark's face. Oh no! You I have to go back and that. check it out. It's right, cool, right. yeah, because it's clear yeah. that they're like stone cut out faces, but then right. the one in the middle is Mark. It's okay. pretty weird. Gotta check Take that out. But it's check yeah, out. it's multiple faces. I did notice that, which yep. fits the whole theme of this show. Um, the bingo caller in the psych ward is the same guy that plays the human statue that he always talks to. That's Crawley from yep. the park in episode one and two, and um. He's got the same hat that Steve that that statue had that Stephen made sure people were throwing tips into. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I, the, the the Crawley is a great example of this, and also uh, the Jake character, the the third potential um, from the comics. Person, yeah, from the comics. I don't know if I like the fact that they've waited so long. I mean, I know there's a lot of other stuff they had to get to and everything else, but. This is the fifth episode is next week. There's only two episodes left. <laughs> we haven't met Crawley really. We've only seen him and we haven't met Jake yet. And I just, I think, I don't know. Do you, do you think that that's, that, that, that they should have done more to introduce them sooner? Or, or do you think I'm just. With Crawley, I, I suspect it's more of a nod to the comics and he's not going to be a huge part of the story. And that's fine with um Jake who for listeners who don't remember he's moon Knight's cab driver personality in the comics. That's more gruff. We don't even know. I mean, it they keep sort of pointing out, Hey, he has a third personality, which we saw at the end of this sequence that I'm talking about where Steven finds Mark in a sarcophagus. And then there's a, another sarcophagus with somebody pounding inside. It's like, okay, that's probably this third personality that they keep hinting at. But the MCU Moon Knight could be different, you know? Maybe it's not even Jake. Or if it is, I still think it's kind of cool that they're not just throwing everything at us all at once. They're doling it out. And right. it's okay with me because, I mean, if it had felt like the um, pace had been too slow or something, then I would probably be like, yeah, why didn't we get that sooner? But since I've been yeah. enjoying the series, I don't care. It's okay. I think the Jake, the, the fact that the Jake reveal is being held so long is going to be actually extremely pinnacle to the story. Yeah, and we'll get to that when we talk yeah. about who killed Layla's father. 
Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Steal my me, thunder. Go for it. Let me <laughs> let me keep going here. <laughs> so uh, one of the one of the patients is trying to solve a Rubik's cube, which we saw Stephen doing right. in episode one to stay awake. Uh, there's a couple of orderlies slash nurses who were Harrow's followers that posts cops and arrested Stephen. Yep. Do you call yep. them cops in England? I think so. Um, gendarme. <laughs> the gendarme. Stephen's That's French. Stephen's a-hole boss, Donna, yep. is playing bingo and taking her pill, and she's holding this scarab toy, which we saw yeah. in the museum gift shop the blue, storage blue, room. Blue beetle. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the clock on the wall seems to have Conchu's staff as one of the hands with the crescent moon yep. at the end. Uh, there's an orderly pushing around a cart with cupcakes. That's Layla's friend who we met when they went to see Mogart, the uh, collector guy. The guy that, she stabbed? Uh, did did she stab him? The yeah, black the Bushmaster. The, yeah, the bad oh, Bushmaster. Oh, she stabbed guy. him? Okay. Yeah. I, I, I think I missed that. You and uh, Scott were talking about that. He, yeah, the one who mentioned Madripoor. And also the fact that there was a cupcake cart calls back right. to the cupcake van in the yep. car chase in the twisty mountain road. Uh, the woman who, this was interesting. The woman who forged Layla's passport is there. She's drawing a bird that has the same head and beak as Khonshu. But it's interesting that she's there because the scene that we saw her in, neither Steven nor Mark was, was in. And as far as we know, they don't know her, but it, I guess it makes sense because it wouldn't make sense to say, yeah, everything we've seen with Steven and Mark is an illusion. But that one scene with Layla was real, even though, because you know, that all was tied in with Steven slash Mark's story. You know what yeah, I mean? But from the conversation she, the two of the, the those women are having in that scene, uh, it, it seems to me that, that she probably knows Mark. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. You know what I mean? The, the you know, she right. definitely knew but who he e- was. Even if she didn't, else. it would still like, you could, it wouldn't really make sense to suggest that that was real. Because Layla's going, getting a passport to go and see Mark <laughs> in, in Egypt. I'm not following you. I'm just saying, like, if the sort of conceit behind this whole mental asylum thing is that, okay, actually, maybe Stephen was just imagining everything we've seen in the series so far. Oh, why would he imagine that? Yeah. 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 But he wasn't even there. Well, I think it's it's it it throws it throws a, a, a stick in it for for my point of view too. Even if this is just a the gods trying to talk to him using symbolism from his own past and his own life, why would she be there? Except yeah. if maybe he did know her. I mean, you know? every if if it's true, which again I don't think it is, but if it's the conceit is that everything we've seen so far up in this into the series was in Stephen's imagination then even the scenes that he wasn't in, he would have had to have imagined, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not buying that. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I don't think that's what's actually going on, but that's what we're, they're trying to make us sort of question if that's what's going right. on. Uh, Layla's there. She's eating a marshmallow like she was before yep. and saying that he's watched that movie five times this week. And she's putting up <laughs> postcards like in the gift shop that we saw that he, Steven thinks he's getting from his mom too. Um, we see this Moon Knight action figure, which seems to be a painted Skeletor that Mark dressed up like Moon Knight, I guess. Right. Some bandage. By the way, I think it's really in the comics. He's just wearing this white costume. I guess as we learned right. from Scott, it was silver to start. But in the show, it's it's like a mummy, and that is 
brilliant because it's, this show is about death and the afterlife and everything. Correct. I think it's so cool that they, and it makes them seem creepier. Well, too. and it also ties it so much more to Egyptian. the Egyptian yeah. right, folklore. What did you think of what she says to him though? She says say? to him, look at that. We won. And she pulls up the bingo card. And as far as I could tell from the, the, what was on the card, they had not won. But, oh. <laughs> okay. So it's maybe, so look at that. We that. won. She repeats it. We won. Then she turns around and holds it up and yells to, to the guy announcing the, the word, the, the bingo scores or whatever. I won. And then she reaches down and leans on him and says, I'll share it with you this time, I swear. And I just, it's a, it's an interesting exchange. I'm not quite sure what to make of. I thought what stood out to me was the fact that she was like, Hey, we won, we won. And then she turns around and says, I won. I thought that was, that was a weird thing. And then to come back and say, I'll share it with you this time. I swear. I mean, she is in a mental hospital. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but I, I yeah i bet you there is yeah but she's in hit she's in mark's mental hospital <laughs> right <laughs> so what she says is important to, about mark because it's mark or the gods talking to himself you know what i mean right i know that's just my reason. yeah it's interesting but i just thought it was just kind of weird i wasn't sure what to make of that right i didn't even notice but that's yeah, anybody that's, any that's listeners cool. out there have any theories yeah, let's let hear know what, you thought. what is that all what's that all about uh, uh just a few more things like this his yep. foot is tied to his wheelchair yep. just like it was yep. to his bed. Uh, there's Gus the fish there. Um, Where was Gus? There's a fishbowl. It just shows okay. a fishbowl somewhere. I think it might Got have been it. in the doctor's office or somewhere. And uh, the doctor, you know, it's it's Harrow. He's yep. walking with a cane. He wears sandals like Harrow, which I think is funny because it seems like something a therapist would wear too. And he has um, Egyptian artifacts in his office. Um, but I I did like that the doctor, when the orderlies came in to grab Mark after he was kind of flipping out. Right. And he said, don't hurt him. Like, that just made it seem more like he's being sincere. So you question right. what's going on. Uh, just a couple more. There's a painting in the doctor's office of yes. the village in the Alps where Stephen woke up in episode yes. one. When he first heard Conchu yelling at him. The idiot's back in control. Did you read some of the speculation online back early on when this uh, the previews and everything else? There's some stuff inside the – I think you brought this up when we reviewed episode one. There's some stuff on that truck or inside that truck that looks like it says Doom or Von Doom. No, Remember I didn't that? catch that, no. Yeah, there's like a package in the back of the of the – cupcake truck that says von doom or oh. something and and <laughs> or at least part of the word von doom is maybe a, it's actually another word but it was it looked like if, if you looked at it quickly and then the castle that he's jumped out of the window of mm-hmm. um and it's it looks a lot like doom's castle in the comics interesting. yeah just, That'd be just cool. an interesting, yeah, just yeah. an interesting because <laughs> doom is also as much as doom is about science he's also very much about magic Yes. And about mystical stuff and stuff Sorcery. like that. Sorcery. yeah. 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 I mean, they need to bring, yeah, it'd be great to bring some Fantastic Four stuff in. Well, it's just kind of, it's, they just keep, why, why put the picture of the village in Germany? I, you know, why they, why keep bringing that back? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure yeah. what that's about. Interesting. So, yep. Um, and that was about it for, I mean, I was looking for something Mr. Knight related, but I didn't see anything. No, I don't know. Right. Maybe suit i don't know i didn't see anything um and then but i loved that he finds mark in the sarcophagus i mean signs that this isn't the real world he finds himself in the sarcophagus and it was fun to see them meet and 
Yeah. Mark yeah. remembers being shot by Harold, but then you could say, oh, maybe this is all just, he's going off into his imagination again. Same thing with right. the human hippo hybrid that says, hi, uh, <laughs> 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 that could just be in his imagination. Yeah. But you know what makes me really, I mean, think it, what's the most unrealistic is just the way it all looks so comic booky. It's a comic book version of an asylum, how it's all white. Doesn't I wouldn't say like it's a comic book, place. but it's, it's, uh, it's not classic, but, um, um, if I saw, I, I, I've never, I don't believe a place like that exists in the real world. <laughs> you don't want to <laughs> believe that. <laughs> it's cool looking. Yeah. Well, I think it's, uh, symbolic, you know, we, it's, uh, we've, you know, we've got images in our collective conscious of what, you know, yeah. you know, what, what constitutes an insane asylum. Sure. And so does Mark, you know, and maybe he oh, yeah. was in a, you know, and maybe whatever hospital he was in didn't look anything like that, but that's, you know, how his mind remembers it. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm just trying to sort of just sort of, I, I think the writers might want us to question whether this is an actual mental asylum. You and I are not buying it, so we're not really going there. But I'm just trying to right. like get into that mindset, like what would make me believe it and what would make you question it, you know. But um, mm -hmm. I uh, when Harrow quotes from Tomb Busters or the Doctor from that that cheesy movie, he says, "No tree can ascend to the light of heaven if it doesn't ascend to the depths of hell." That maybe right. that was kind of a clue too. Maybe he's in a kind of hell there. Right. Also coming back to the concept of resurrection and mm -hmm. of rebirth right. and of getting his shit together and getting his understanding of his illness and his duality and his dual personalities together. Um, he's got to first go through hell, you know? Yeah, he's, exactly. He's got it, which is kind of what he's been going through. Yeah couple of the random things i thought oscar isaac played sedated really well he i felt bad for him yeah you know, he's like, yeah. And, yeah and he tilted tilted the bottom lip it was it was cool yeah, yeah he did look yeah as if he was kind of numb and then yeah. I, I saw i didn't notice this myself but ryan airy pointed out that the end credits have shown this hallway from the asylum every going back to episode one. Yeah. 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 I know I heard, I watched that too on that video. I, I didn't even catch that. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, though. I like when they do cool. stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> he pointed out that there's some lights that are, um, photography lights that are in the, the credits at the very beginning. And that were what the ones that the woman used when she took the passport pictures of Layla. Mm. So just uh, cool stuff. That's, uh, all there in front of us, even though we didn't know it. Yeah. That's great. Did you, are, are you going to talk at all about the, the, uh, the, the second sarcophagus? Go ahead. The thing that stood out to me about that whole thing was first of all, it's red. It's a yeah. red sarcophagus, which is, you know, I mean, synonymous was like something, something evil, something dark, something mm -hmm. bloody, something scary. Um, it's also, I thought really interesting that they both avoid that they both see it they go in they see it well they don't go in but they look through the door and they see it they they know it's there they yeah. can tell that somebody's in it it's making noise he took he got steven out of the other one so you know but they both just keep on walking right <laughs> they don't want anything yeah. to do with what's inside what that, that that third sarcophagus <laughs> 
And yet, and then they don't talk about it at all. They don't say anything like, geez, I wonder who that is. Right. It, it goes back to like in the second episode when, um, or was the second or third, when uh, Stephen had the knife and he blacked out and everybody around him was dead. Right. And he's like, what'd you do that? And Mark's like, I didn't do it. Right. Or maybe it was Mark had the knife. Yeah. And yeah. He, he blacked out. And then Steve, then he came back and they were dead and Steven didn't do it either. And right. they didn't say, oh shit, maybe there's a third personality. Yeah. He just killed everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're just totally trying to avoid that. Yeah. Which is again, again, part of this, you know, you can't, he can't fix himself mm-hmm. until he comes to terms with the fact that there's three of them. Yeah, absolutely. You know can't. what I'm saying? So he's got to go into the depths of hell to get that tree up into the heaven. Uh, and and he's got to come to terms with and confront and come to terms with got, Yep, third, with yeah. every, all the, all right. aspects of him right. and what that part of him has done. Right. And, that, and you know, let that be a lesson to everyone hearing my voice. You need to do the same thing. Come to terms <laughs> with all parts of yourself. <laughs> 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 we don't deal in reality That's just one to like grow on. <laughs> That's yeah. right. But I think we saw Jake in the episode. Um, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if, because if, here I am complaining at the top of this discussion about the fact that we haven't yet gotten Jake. But in factuality, I think maybe Jake has been in every episode. <laughs> it could be, yeah. When, when he's standing outside the tomb, she, Layla has already rappelled down. And he's terrified to 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 jump over and rappel down. He punches himself in the face. I don't think that was Mark. I think that was Jake. I think and then he Mark. throws himself down the down the 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 tunnel, basically. I think that was just. I mean, for it was supposed to be a comedic moment where she's like. Right, okay, let's belay down. Which belay? If you don't know, if you're a climber, it means you tie a rope around something and then you like sh- drop down the rope with a little carabiner. And you know, if you know what you're doing, you can let it down you can let yourself down slowly. And she's, he's like, right. what's belay. And then she goes, I, I never know if you're kidding. Bye. And then I'm <laughs> I like, never know if you're joking. You right. Sure he does. And then he fought, but then um, I thought he looked down there and he, it was all during this whole sequence where that you can tell they're kind of, digging each other you know and he's got this goo goo eyes and that's when he punched himself so to me that was you know mark had already said oh you you're in love with my wife so i felt like that was mark taking control and saying don't look at my wife like this yeah i see i don't i think they've established that mark and steven have worked out some communication and understanding about how to switch bodies with each other and and they communicate with each other about it and they have discussions about it and they fight about it and everything else. And I don't think this Jake guy does that. This Jake just is, this over. Jake guy is just violent. He just takes over and uh, does what he wants to do. And he doesn't give a shit about mm. anything. Well, I think neither one of us are ever going to know who was right about that. Unfortunately, <laughs> unless they do a flashback <laughs> to that moment. Remember when I hit you in the face, that was me. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. But, but do you, I mean, what do we, I mean, I I think there's more to say about Jake. Yeah. I mean, I think whoever, I think that sarcophagus was a third personality and probably Jake Lockley, but maybe the MCU is going to do something different with it. We'll see. But I feel like we'll probably get that next week. I think we will. 
Yeah, I think I think so. And as I said before, I think that it's going to be the reason it's been so uh, teased out is because it's going to be so integral to the to the mm-hmm. plot. And I I'm concerned that what it's going to end up being is that even though he says to Layla that it was his partner who killed everybody and got greedy, yeah. that that's actually going to be that third personality, mm-hmm. and that he did kill her father or Jake. Yeah. And he knows that and he's trying, he's in denial about it and he's guilty about it and everything else. And that's what I think is going to end up happening, which is sad because I don't want that to be the case, but it's good storytelling though. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think that's, I, that's what I think probably too. The only thing that I wonder then is, you know, we know that Moon Knight's story in the comics is he was killed and then brought back to life by Moon Knight or by the Conchu. Uh, but yeah. so if th- he as a third personality got greedy and killed all the other people, including Layla's father. And, and he also said, and, and me too. So did he just right. shoot himself in the head or what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, that's, that's, that's a little, yeah, that's a little bit of a, a potential bump in that theory, but right. it, also he could have, he could have, yeah. Shot it just himself. makes me wonder. It could have been, it could have been Mark. Who said, you know what? I can't live with myself right. having done that. And so, you know what? Screw you. I'm going to take myself off the board and I'm going to take you off with yeah. it. And then Conchu then says, uh, no. I mean, that's not exactly. <laughs> he said, uh, I didn't die that night. Or no, no. He said, he shot me too. And I was supposed to die that night. Right. But yeah, that could just be a little bit of a, well, actually yeah. I shot myself, but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, we're going to find that. We better find that out. If we don't find that out, then I'm I'm going to say this series gets a lower grade. <laughs> You're I, tough. I'm sure You're we tough, will. man. <laughs> it's really kicking into gear now, so I'm excited. I'm glad there's only two yeah, more cuz that means we're going to know soon. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, I mean, was that your another point of yours? No, you I have, okay, I have go for two it. other small, two other small ones. Um, uh, just the, the horror. I thought the, the the horror suspense thing was just great. I thought the tomb was creepy, not like a raider's tomb, um, especially when they find the blood on and all the and then he calls the chunks of meaty bits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and but, wait, uh, he, that, that he said, uh, "Hold on, I'm finding my notes." He goes. Uh, he looks down and he sees like uh, something bloody has been dragged across and he sees bones and he right. goes, 
uh, just a minute. I'm just saying what I see, and I see lots of bone <laughs> and blood going that way. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, that was funny, too. It, it's definitely comical. Yes. Um, so that had me rolling. Yeah. Uh, I thought the zombie priest was creepy as fuck. Yeah. Um, and the I way loved how they sh- the clicking noise. It was kind of like the uh, original Alien movie mm. with the noise and the, the click, 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 and it was just oh man. I, thought I was that thinking was, that was awesome. La- you ever played Last of Us? No. Such a great game, and there's clickers like yeah. zombie clickers in that game. And then of course the tool for the de organ and and then mm-hmm. he's ripping organs out, and of course that you know was a. Uh, uh, tip of the hat back to the foreshadowing of it in the first episode when he's describing the whole entombing process to the little girl in the museum. Um, Cause then, you know, here he is now fighting against this zombie that's trying to do that to him. So it had kind of a slasher Freddy Krueger vibe, that whole sequence I thought. Um, and I, yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Really cool. Um, I thought, and then, you know, we talked about the jump scares and pulling her into the, into the, that was awesome into the darkness. But then, then when he comes out and they're rolling around on the ground, his fucking arm is ripped off and he's got his bones of his arm are sticking out and he's trying to stab her with them. The, <laughs> I thought that was freaking wild. You know what I mean? He's like mm-hmm. trying to cool. stab her with his broken forearm and shit. Um, <laughs> anyway, so that was that. I have a bunch of stuff about just what happened in the tomb. They make their way to the tomb. I was sort of wondering, what do they think they're going to do? Because it's filled with Harrow's people, isn't it? But... It turns out Harrow's people are mostly gone. Yeah. And maybe this clicking zombie priest creature killed them all. Like yeah. the guy that we did see him kill, was that one of Harrow's guys, do yeah. you think? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It's the one okay. who came up to him in, in the last episode and said, we found it and everything. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess that's what happened. And probably Harrow didn't care. Um, no, he didn't uh, give a shit. Why do you think Harrow didn't find Amit's Ushabti already? He just couldn't decipher the maze of this place as well as Steven? Well, they needed to, they needed to find the directions in, in, in the tomb of Alexander the great there. And, Oh, and it and, was at the tongue, right? Yeah. yeah. And I That's don't, what, okay, and, okay. and they were so. told that by, um, somebody. I, I, I see. Once they got in there, I think Steven realized that the layout of the place mirrored, uh, Horace's eye. Right. And, um, so he knew where to go. One of the most prominent Egyptian gods. Yeah. And most notably the God of kingship, by the way. But he, so then, yeah, when he figured out where the tongue was, I think they decided to go there because the voice, uh, Amit's avatar is the voice of Amit. Yeah. Right. And, and, uh, it was, I, they made a big deal out uh, out of Amit's avatar having been Alexander the Great, who was a Macedonian like Greek leader who took over most of the known world by the age of thirty. Lived in three fifty six to three twenty three BC, and he also dedicated monuments to Egyptian gods. So he wasn't Egyptian, which is why you know Steve Stevens like wait, this is Macedonian, but the only Pharaoh, I mean, he insisted on calling himself Egyptian. So apparently Alexandria the Great, some Egyptians did think of him as a Pharaoh and he um, went to Egypt and created the city of Alexandria or founded the city. And uh, his body was, well, he died either of a sickness or a poisoning. And then his body was laid in a gold sarcophagus filled with honey and um, 
that was placed in a gold casket. And then one of his successors reportedly replaced it with a glass one so he could convert the original to coinage. But apparently, I don't know, I guess it was lost. Right. That's what they're saying here. So anyway. Um, I got an interesting theory I came up hmm. with. Um, I, I thought that there was, I was hoping, and my fingers crossed, that we were going to get a um, Easter egg for Kang with this tomb. And, and when it was this Alexander the Great and everything, I was like, ah, so I think they missed opportunity there. You know, that would have yeah. been cool. But the more I began thinking about it, I think it it's still possible that that's what that was. And and hear me out. So that the Ramatut is the um, personality that Kang takes when he goes back to Egypt. He goes back in time and goes to Egypt and rules as a pharaoh for, I don't know, a bunch of years. And that's the first time the Fantastic Four and, you know, fight Kang and find Kang or whatever. Um, so he's kind of a key character in, in Kang's history, Ramatut. And um, the the design of the face on the sarcophagus, if you look, it has it has like a mix of Kang's current face or modern face and the Ramatut persona, which has the beard, uh, long beard thing that comes down straight with all the X's in it, and uh, and then also the headgear and everything. But then there's these lines on the face itself, if you notice, that are very reminiscent of Kang, classic future Kang's face. Um, and so then it got me thinking maybe in the MCU they're going to portray that or say that, that Alexander the Great was actually Kang. Therefore, he wasn't Egyptian. He, you know, he would have, you know, he probably made up that he came from somewhere else. He had a different language. You know what I mean? It would kind mm -hmm. of fit. You know what I mean? Um, so I just thought that that was a possible Easter egg um, that we were getting there for Ramatut. I think uh, I think that would be cool as a comic book fan. And that all I, through history, all through our known history of Alexander the Great and everything else was actually Kang. I mean, I, I feel like the only way they would do that is if they could do it where, because I feel like they really want to focus this series on moon Knight and not complicate it with continuity from other things mm. so if they could do that in a way where we don't need to worry about it while watching this series but then refer back to it later or something like that you know well that's what i think yeah and that's what i think they did because by saying it's alexander the great it fits in with the correct history and of right. egypt and everything else it doesn't say anything about kang um but there's a little bit of possible wink and easter egg sure. type treatment there, yeah right? yeah you know I mean? yeah i think that'd be great anyway. um I like that he's all reverent that it's Alexander the Great, but then he has to defile his corpse by stuffing his hand down his throat. <laughs> right. Sorry, oh, sorry, Mister Great. Did you get a little? <laughs> I was a little weirded out by when Mark. You see the reflection of Mark when he's doing that, and he goes, "Yeah, yeah put it in there, it. put it down get there, get it in there, yeah, Reach get it in, in there, there buddy." Yeah. Oh gosh, it's <laughs> <was> like gross. <laughs> it's like oh it's man, funny. I think it's funny. Yeah. Um, we Layla kind of foreshadowed these creatures. He, she saw drawings. She said, Heck a priest, judging by their masks and ceremonial stance, right. they would have been entombed in here to protect the pharaoh. And he says, What the heck's a hecka? Sorcerers <laughs> of their time. They've been down here by centuries. Then when he walks into the tomb, he's like, Gotta be one of the biggins. 
<laughs> he's like Nefertiti, this, that, and then he's like, gotta be one of the biggins. <laughs> yeah, I like I like the that whole sequence on, on second watches. Creepy yeah. and cool. Okay, what else? You're gonna move on to something else? Uh let's see. There was there was definite sexual tension between the two of them through mm-hmm. this episode that I thought was kind of nice and cool and and uh well done. Um the scene especially where she's prepping Steven and connecting his ropes for the descent. There's a lot of fumbling down around his groin, you know. <laughs> and she's like in his face and she's like you yeah. smell like him and And you, they've got that total look where their eyes are kind of half closed that so you can yeah, tell they're enjoying it was just, just being in each other's presence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and it, it was cool because it, it, uh, it also like, it, it made the viewer feel we were watching her cheat on Mark. You know what I mean? So the, yeah. there's this And whole, I do think that's cheating. Yeah. Yeah. It's so a we whole get, different person. Yeah. So we get, <laughs> and then when he gets down in the tunnel, he sees the statues and he says in a really like sexy voice and look at you. And she turns around and then she realizes he's talking about the, the statues of the lions. Right. And you know. Like I thought, okay, we don't really know what happened with Mark. He, we we know what they said was Layla's father was an archaeologist on a dig. Mercenaries right. showed up, killed everyone. One of them got greedy, whatever that means. I guess to steal all the artifacts and right. kill everyone. And what were they doing there in the first place? Then, if that wasn't right. the original plan, but um, uh, I it, then Mark felt. She, he said, I, I wanted to tell you this ever since I met you. I'm looking for a way. And he felt guilty. And it makes me wonder. He also doesn't seem to care. Like, he, he says, I wish I could just disappear. And I should have died that night. And right. we find out that the deal he made with Steven actually was once Conchie's out of the picture. Right. Mark will just disappear. Right. So he's really ready. He's feeling guilty. He's ready to be gone. It makes me wonder why did he come back in the first place? Maybe he just didn't have a choice. But since he's back, has he been trying to make amends with Layla or fix, you know, somehow? And I thought maybe creating Steven was his way of making amends since what we've talked right. about before is that he's so perfect for her. But then on the other hand, he really doesn't seem to be behind the idea of Steven and Layla hooking up. He's like, Oh, you're in love with my wife. You kissed her. Didn't you? He seems really <laughs> jealous. You know? Yeah. Well, I think it's also, it's kind of, it, it's telling too, that she turns around and says, well, you know, that's how we met. So in other words, yeah. they didn't have a relationship before right. her father was killed. So he kind of met her and knew right from the beginning what the, what was going on. And yet they got married and they everything got married. else. So I feel like there's some stuff in there. We don't know. Cause it, well, and also, like, well, I think this is all part of this growth that he's got to go through. And in terms of his um, illness and his, his dual personalities and everything else. And, you know, even his idea that, well, I'll just go away and then Steven can be with her. That's still selfish because that's, you know, it's, he wasn't going to tell her. He, he was going to let her have the illusion that that never happened. And then he gets to know that in some form, even though he doesn't mentally, he knows that physically he's, he's still with her. And, and that's again, very selfish. It's kind of twisted. Like, yeah, it is twisted. Even if just what we were presented with, if we don't know for sure if his alternate personality killed her father, but what we're presented with is that he felt guilty for bringing the killer to her father. Right. And then he decides to not tell her about any of that and marry her, which is still, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and also I think saying you brought the killer to, to me or to him 
is is an interesting way to phrase that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, yeah. to me, it's like you showed up with the killer because the killer was you. It, it was, was in you. You yeah. know, exactly. And sure. um, yeah, I just think that he, uh, you know, he he has to resolve the his his ignoring and his avoidance of the reality that he has a third personality, which is really violent. He has to be honest with her and what he has done in, in, even if it's under the guise of that other, um, more violent personality. Um, there's just, just a lot that he's got to get straightened out before he can function properly or have any kind of relationship with anybody. I mean, maybe by the end of this, she'll just, not want to have anything to do with him. It's possible. Well, I think I think if it ends up being that that he did kill him, even if it was just Jake Lockley, it's still him. I I don't mm-hmm. see how they could be together. I really don't. Right. Um, but then can she be with Steven? No. I, I no. guess not. Yeah. <laughs> not unless not unless, you know, they get he gets completely healed and Separated only out. got yeah, and only got one personality. Right. But. Uh during that whole thing too in the tomb, Harrow said to um Layla, Mark is in more pain than anyone could bear, right. which made me think maybe that's why he split into just to help uh, spread the pain out over different personalities. Yeah. But then if the pain is had come from killing Layla's father, that means he split before that. So well, I think there's a there lot of pain. pain I, I think he's been split since he was little. I think yeah. that that's, you know, that's why we got the toy in the other scene in the okay. asylum scene. But I think that, you know, so he's been suffering. He's been in pain and suffering for most of his life, is the impression I get. Mm. And now he's just yeah. made it, compounded it by not coming to terms with it, and therefore not being able to keep his crazy side in control, mm-hmm. you know, or, or in check. You know, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I wonder if like guys who are just well adjusted had loving parents and did well in school, then decide to take on the career of being a mercenary. Do they? I don't know. Maybe they do. I don't really know any mercenaries. <laughs> I don't have a lot of friends, period. So there's not many mercenaries in any that mercenaries list. mercenaries out there, write in and if let I, us know. If I go to my directory, you know, my phone directory, <laughs> not a lot of mercenaries in there. I, 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 we may have one or two listening, so I, I'd appreciate your, your yeah. feedback. <laughs> Please don't show up in my house, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but, 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 but if you think, too, we've seen the, the show is showing us what he's got to do. In other words, when Stephen, when we first meet Stephen and find out about Mark, there, you know, he's he's Stephen is in some bit of a denial. Um, they're they're fighting, they're arguing. It's painful. It's uh, you know he he he's freaking. He's losing it. He thinks he's losing his mind. He's freaking out and everything else. And then over the course of these four episodes, they have communicated. They have started to accept the situation, and in turn, can manage each other. Mm-hmm. How many times now Work have we together. seen, right. Well, have we've seen Steven check Mark and mm-hmm. say, yo, don't kill him. Hold off. Take, you know, take a step back, chill. You know, we can do this another way. And they're working together. And as long as they don't have that dialogue with the third personality, he's going to be able to do what he wants when he wants. Sure. And I mean, I joked about it before, but I really do think there's a parallel towards our own mental health that there's parts of us that we don't address and yep. they kind of run us and if you you have to look honestly at yourself and the areas that that need work in order to become a better person yeah i think and i think <laughs> that's know. exactly what this show and this episode in particular we're all about yeah uh but just while we're talking about them you know 
kind of digging each other and stuff. Layla and Steven, yeah. they're getting close and she's like, you smell like him. And then she goes in for the kiss and he goes, Mark's trying to protect you from Conchu. <laughs> what? That's why he's been pushing you away. He thinks Conchu wants you for his avatar and he won't let that happen. I'm sorry. I just felt like you should know. Sorry. <laughs> then I'm thinking... Oh, he's such a good guy. He has feelings for her, but he did this instead. And then they did. Then then he does kiss her, and I'm like, right. oh, okay, maybe not. I guess he just wanted to let her decide with full knowledge of what was going on. Yeah, I think he was exactly, exactly. You know, I think he, you know, he's trying to um, resolve the guilt issues, you know, that Mark has, and also be fair and honest to her because he likes her and he respects her. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think um, well now that Mark's like. Mark has divorced her and is trying to distance himself. Mm-hmm. And it, if we can believe what he said, it's because Conchie wants her as his avatar and he's doesn't want her to be in that kind of danger. Then I guess he didn't tell her about the whole thing because he thought she'd probably insist on staying with him anyway. I'm and not following. You're saying if, if he had told her that he killed, if he told her instead of saying, I want a divorce, he had said, Look, we I, I can't be with you because Kanchu wants you as his avatar and I don't want you to be exposed to that. Then she would say, Well fuck that, I'm gonna be with you anyway. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I thought the music I got a few little notes. The yeah, music go for it. the music throughout this episode was much more traditional, like superhero or mm-hmm. symphonic. Um we didn't get any of the Arab rap funky music. Um it was less playful. And I think that was because, you know, shit has gotten serious and the music is set in the stage mm-hmm. for that, you know. There was some sort of Middle Eastern sounding music at some point. Yeah, when they were getting yeah. ready to repel get found when yeah. they found the tunnel, but it wasn't it wasn't like the modern mm-hmm. you know, hip hop type influenced stuff. Right. More traditional, yeah. Also thought it was interesting we got another goat reference. Um mm-hmm. and we hear it again first. Like we did the first time, but first time we didn't get to see it. We just heard it. This time you hear it, then we got to see it. Um, it's and I, I kind of it's almost like I think it's symbolic of like the gods watching because the positioning of the goats way up above, looking mm. down from the rocks and you know, from the heavens. Um, and that's what I kind of got. You know, maybe that's okay. Khonshu in some way. You know, looking down mm. over him. Yeah, I mean, I. I, you say Kanchu's there. I, I I just think he's trapped in that little figurine, isn't he? But I we well, it's psychically, you know, because I mean, mm. when Stephen hears the goat in the first second episode, um, we don't see it, but as they they talk they talk about it, and then they walk away out of camera, and the camera pans up, and you see Kanchu on top of the roof. Mm. And to me, it was kind of a the goat and That's Kanchu right. kind of go together. And now here we're that, seeing, you know, now we're seeing a goat again, right? Um, so, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Good point. Anything else? Uh, yeah, we talked about the punching himself. I think that's Jake. You think it's Mark. Um, mm-hmm. and but we'll never know for sure. Uh, well, we might. You know, Maybe we know. can ask Oscar Isaac. Yeah, right. I think that's <laughs> it for me. I just had a couple more. Um, last week, we didn't know if Steven could survive without Conchu because he was laid out, you know, at the end. But it turns out, I guess he was just unconscious and being Conchu being trapped doesn't kill Steven. Yeah. So So. obviously, obviously the resurrection of him is an actual resurrection. Yeah. He could live on without being connected to Conchu. Right. And then I, 
just another funny thing. Um, Layla, you know, finds out from Harrow that maybe Mark killed her father. So she's in a horrible mood, <laughs> but, <laughs> right. um, Steven doesn't know that yet. And he found, he just had reached into Alexander the Great's, uh, throat and pulled out the little Ushabdi of Amit and she comes in and he goes, Layla, look, we won. And the Ushabdi goes to us. I just thought that was funny. And then he goes, I had to go digging down old Alexander the Great's gullet, but I found it. <laughs> oh shit. That's, I was asking earlier about when she says to him, look, we won, we won. And then she turns and says, I right. won. That's in reference to that. Oh, okay. That's, you think so? Yeah. Well, he says the same yeah. thing. He says, look, we yeah. won. Right. Maybe so. Yeah. Yeah. I, when you were saying that, it, it did remind me of this, but I didn't think to say it. Okay. This is Jason in editing, listening to this back as I'm editing it. And my new theory is that Layla, psych ward Layla said, I won because psych ward Layla is actually Amit in disguise. So we'll see. But, um, it's also just a funny joke because it's like the Oscar, you know, right, the right. goes to us. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for Will Smith to come on and smack him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I think, I think that's about it. Yeah. Will Smith, he should blame that on another personality. Yeah. That there you me. go. That would be it. <laughs> I think that's it. Let's take a little break. There's okay. more to come. There's more. We got more uh, feedback than usual. This week. Yeah. Awesome. I see that. Stay with us. Everywhere is freaks and harries, creeps and scaries. Tell me where is sanity? All right, back. It's time for some news. Just a little bit of news here. Yep. Um, Entertainment Weekly talked with Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, who I guess directed this episode. And they asked, what was the inspiration for this mental hospital sequence? He's, Aaron Moorhead says, it came from wanting to do the least expected thing and completely disorient the audience while also being completely true to the character that we built over four episodes. Also, the comic book character... There's a run of Moon Knight written by Jeff Lemire and Greg Smallwood did the art. And it kind of has a lot of similar feelings and visuals to what happens at the end of episode four. So we're really glad to be able to honor the original comics, the ones that we were the most drawn to when we were trying to crack Moon Knight. That's where the inspiration came from, especially visually and tonally. And uh, they say Moon Knight has two episodes left. What can you tease about episodes five and six? He says, I think if you were surprised by episode four, Get ready to be surprised again by episodes five and six. I know it just sounds like a nice little tag, but I promise you that's actually the case. It's kind of cool. That's cool. (laughs) And uh, one other thing, Marvel website editor Rachel Page tweeted out that Oscar Isaac's body double for this episode was his brother, Michael Benjamin Hernandez. So I guess, you know, when Mark and Steve are together and they're hugging each other, one of them is... Oscar Isaac's brother with his face digitally superimposed at times. (laughs) That's kind of cool. And she also said that they, 
I don't know who gave him his own character name on set, but they called him instead of Mark Spector, uh, Oscar Isaac's brother was Mork Sphincter. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm sure he's glad she tweeted that out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. That's it for the news. Let's get into some listener feedback. All right. Rashonda, Rashonda, Rashonda mm-hmm. Walker. Great episode. Can't wait for the next one. Well said. Evan Brookman says, I think it's pretty great, but I'm going to be immensely upset when this very cool miniseries slams on the brakes in two more episodes. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emily Rouse uh, loved it. The last episode wasn't the best, but this one made it for me. Uh, it was so funny when Mark per- punched Steven in the face. I think that might have been Jake, but uh, <laughs> somebody did. Uh, somebody punched him in the face. I started getting serious Legion vibes at the end. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I tell you, some of the, those those sequences in Legion in in the hospital, the mental hospital, were just some yeah. of the best. Mm-hmm. And then the one where they break out in music and dance and everything. Oh, so good. That yeah. was awesome. That's what I loved about Legion. One of the things is instead of typical superhero fights, they'd have like rap battles or dance offs right. and stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> but I'm guessing the mental ward is either a hallucination or a limbo between life and death, or mm. is the whole show in his head? It's either one of those or something else. Danielle Dement Yost says, I loved it. I believed at the end they're in the inner world of the dissociative identity disorder system. There was another altar trying to get out of the sarcophagus. I have no explanation for the hippo. LOL. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mafavo, uh, the last part of the episode had definite Legion feels. I have to go back and watch the asylum part again. I'm pretty sure every person was shown previously. One was the guy who we saw killed on the altar. Oh, was he in there? Yeah, that's the what he said. Guy with the beard. Okay. Brian White says I was getting. Yeah, some yeah, major- yeah. He was. He was. He was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He's in Bri- fact. He's the one when we first see Stephen. Um, just before he kneels down in front of him, and his face is like right in the camera. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Brian White says, I was getting some major lost vibes at the end, was waiting for Hurley to show up. I'm still not sure how I feel about this show. I like it, but it's not keeping my attention like some of the other shows. I'll wait and see, though. Oh, that's too mm-hmm. bad. Sorry mm-hmm. to hear that. Scott K. So it that's, looks- who, that's our co-host from last week. Scott K. Okay. So it looks like our hero does die in a tomb after all, just like in the comic. And it looks like Kanshu makes 10 gods trapped as statues somewhere. Are we going to see a divinity jailbreak? <laughs> yeah. At some point, find out next time. Same moon time, same moon channel. That's great, yeah. Scott. Yeah, yeah, I think maybe so. so. Yeah. Yeah, I think All so. All of them might burst onto the Marvel, the MCU scene or something. Yeah. A whole pantheon. Mm-hmm. Ben Beck says, I thought this was one of the most fun episodes yet. All the intrigue and action in the tomb. I kept waiting for Rick O'Connell, Brendan Fraser from The Mummy to show up. And (laughs) then when it switched the asylum scenes, yeah, this show is definitely keeping me constantly thinking about what's going on and what's coming next. I'm invested for sure. Excellent. Uh, Laura Willie Swink, uh, when a big, stupid grin breaks out uncontrollably over my face, I know a show is utterly amazing. (laughs) <laughs> maybe I felt this way because the second half of Moon Knight was giving me heavy Legion vibes and I loved that show but Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke bring their own brand of fucked up mental the <laughs> landscape <laughs> she didn't actually say fucked up but she mm-hmm. I'm, we I'm know what she there. meant yeah we know what she meant 
slash Astral Plane Madness to an episode that we thought was going to be an homage to Raiders of the Lost Ark or The Mummy. The scenes between Layla and Steven were sweet and touching, uh, and a little sexy, uh, <laughs> as if Steven is that part of Mark that is the man he wants to be for Layla. No, that's that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And and part of her wants him to be like that, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave a, but she wants him to smell like re- regular Mark. Yeah, smell uh, the same. <laughs> <laughs> I gave a belly laugh when Mark punched Steven in the face and an audible, yeah, or maybe that was Jake. Uh, when Mark and Steven finally meet face to face, going to drop a theory that the thing struggling to get out of the second sarcophagus that Mark and Steven run past must be the mysterious third identity. If we aren't able to continue enjoying Oscar Isaac portray Moon Knight in the MCU after this all too brief series, something is just not right with the world. I wouldn't worry about that. Um, I think there's plans for him to be part of, uh, either the Avengers or the um, the uh, Midnight Suns, which is a group of Marvel heroes like Blade and even Doctor Strange in the comics. I don't know if they'll do that here. Ghost Rider that, that hunt down more um, mystical uh, villains. And I think he'll be part of that. Um, you don't bring I- Isaac, Oscar Isaac and, and not have him be a part of your feature films. You know I, what I hope mean? so, yeah. Yeah, I think that would yeah. be crazy. Um, uh it's just not right with the world. Oh, and was that Detective Fitzgerald slash Harrow's follower on the mummy's gutting table? Wow. Yeah. I was surprised that Disney let a show get that gruesome. <laughs> That's true, <laughs> huh? Yeah. Well, we are we are now in a more mature Disney Plus area, right? <laughs> right. We have a little bit of filtering going on. <clears throat> Last one comes from Jillian Moreau. Okay, first off, coming into the show, I knew nothing of it as I haven't read the comics, but wow, this show and what a crazy ride of an episode. I have no idea what's going on for half of it, but in the most <laughs> wonderful way, she's quoting Carol from walking dead there. And I was on the edge of my seat while they were down in the tomb with that thing who was gutting that guy on a table. And then when Layla was trying to get away and that creepy arm comes through the crack, yeah, grabs her, I jumped. That was super cool. Yeah. Kind of reminded me of, of the end of phantasm. Did you ever watch that? No, Old no, I know movie? of it. Yeah. But I didn't see creepy. it. I absolutely love the acting by Oscar Isaac in this show. He plays both Mark and Steven so brilliantly. I think I sat True. there with my jaw just hanging, trying to figure out what the hell was happening for the rest of the show after Steven was shot. I agree with Laura's, theory about the sarcophagus and it being the third identity. It's got to be, right? Yeah, I think so. My favorite LOL moment was when Mark makes Steven, or possibly Jake, makes Steven <laughs> punch himself in the face after kissing Layla. The show is so fun, and I'm loving the coverage you guys are providing for it. Thanks, Jason and Kirk. Awesome. Thank you, Yeah, Joe. awesome. I appreciate that. All right, that is our show. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. It's been it's, it's been fun. Yeah, it's been awesome. If you guys want to write in or leave us a message, you can find all our contact info at podcastica.com. If you like, you can leave us a voice message right from the site. Yeah, there's a button there. Uh, we haven't gotten a lot of but, uh, voice messages, so I thought we'd mention that. You can just click a button and leave a voice message right on the site if you want. And awesome. while you're there, be sure to check out our other shows. Mm. Uh, we just started covering Better Call Saul, the final season. They dropped two episodes at once. They were fantastic. We recorded a three-hour episode about it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and it, it's really good. And then also, uh, Rima's getting ready to cover the final part of Ozark over on Strange Indeed. Nice. So good stuff going on. Both two, two series that I, I have to watch. 
Yeah, man, they're yeah. they're really good. I hear that. Ozark is my first next on the list, but good, I want to get Sal as well. Yeah, cool. All right, that all is right. Our show. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate yep. it. Woo. Bye bye. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.